we're looking through the seven miraculous signs, signs and wonders, miracles of Jesus in the book of John. And, uh, and today we're looking at the third sign. And uh, so if you want to grab some notes, you can follow along that way. John chapter 2 tells us that the signs revealed his glory. And so if we want to know what God is like, if we want to know uh, the true essence, the true character, the true nature of God, then we, we just have to look at what he did in Scripture and, and who Jesus is because Jesus is the clearest picture of God. Jesus, I like to say like this, Jesus is God with a face. If, if you need to, how, how can I connect with God? Just look at Jesus. He is the way to the Father, and he is the perfect revelation of God in the earth. And so fully God, fully man, this is who Jesus is. And so uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about what God has done in the last few weeks. And we're looking at every one of his miraculous signs in the book of John. And we're not just looking at them. We're not just uh, trying to just, I don't know, get a good principle. We're actually believing God for miracles, answers to prayer. Uh, we believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe that he is still moving in our world. And so just a quick reminder, a sign is a miracle that teaches us a lesson. It should not only amaze us, but instruct us. And so uh, we're, we're, we're learning but not just to learn. We're learning so that we can better receive. We're not earning miracles. We're not buying miracles. We're not doing enough good to get a miracle. But we are trying to see things in Scripture that we can learn so that we can best receive from God. Amen? So we're not just spectating what God did, but we're receiving and we are a part of what God is doing. Fantastic. John chapter 5. John chapter 5 verse 1. We're a, we're a Bible church. We love the Word of God around here. And uh, we encourage you to bring a Bible if you can. If you can't, we got it for you on the screen. It's the biggest Bible on West Warm Springs. Amen. It's big. <laughs> Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. They, we, we don't know which one it was, but inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. And crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on those porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time, and he asked him, would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? Just look at your neighbor real quick. Find someone around you, preferably friendly, and tell them, do you want to get better? Ask him that. Do you want to get better? Do you want to get better? Good. I think the answer is probably yes, right? You're here at 845, so I think so, okay. But, but, but watch his response. I can't. <laughs> and uh, no one ever says it out loud when I'm preaching, but I see that I can't face a lot. <laughs> I can't, the sick man said. I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up. Your mat and walk and instantly the man was healed he rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking we'll stop right there Jesus said stand up pick up your mat and walk and I want to I want to talk from this subject just for a couple of minutes how to get up how to get up how to get up how to get up father thank you for this moment I 
I thank you for every person in the room now who many have been in church a long time and maybe even been in this church a long time. Others are so new to all of this. I just pray no matter where we are on the journey, for every person online, every amazing person in a correctional facility right now, I thank you that you're going to speak to all of us in a unique way. Thank you that you're so big, you're so great that you can give every one of us a tailor-made word. And so that's my prayer now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the whole church said amen. Amen. Thank you, Zach. Though a righteous man falls seven times, they will rise again. What a beautiful promise from Proverbs 24. And this is not simply a promise for people who have had a moral failing, though if, if you've made some mistakes and you feel like you've fallen, I just want you to know there's grace for you, there's hope for you, there's a new beginning for you. And this is not the end for you. I want you to know that. But, but what is amazing about Proverbs 24, verse 16, is that it's actually a promise to verse 15. In verse 15, God basically says, if you attack a righteous person, just know this. They're going to get up again. <laughs> If you try to steal from a righteous family, they will get up again. If you, if you try to steal from a righteous child, they will get back up again. It's actually, verse 16 is actually a warning that the righteous are kind of like Jason. <laughs> Not that I've ever seen it because horror movies freak me out, but he just keeps getting back up. He just keeps, he just keeps showing up. Verse 16 is actually a warning. It's a promise to the evil one. That no matter what you try to do to the people of God, they have a way of just getting up over and over and over again through hell and high water, through pandemics, through economic uncertainty, through all that we faced and are facing. The Bible promise is that the righteous, the people of God, they just keep getting up again. And some of you may feel like, man, I feel like it's thing after thing. I don't care if you fall down seven times, there is grace to get up, there is grace to be restored, there is grace for a new life. Your last chapter is not your last chapter. We will rise again, we will stand again, we will walk again. If I could say it like this, you can't keep a blessed man down. Any blessed people in the house today? I you can't keep a blessed woman down. You can't keep a blessed family down. You can't keep a blessed child of God down. You can rise again. You can get up again. You can recover. And even if you feel down now, there is more ahead of you than behind you. My faith says God can do something now. My hope says God is preparing a future for me. My courage says I believe this is not my end. And so even if you feel like this man after 38 years, years of whatever. Maybe it's 38 years of alcoholism. Maybe it's 38 years of anger. Maybe it's 38 years of addiction. Maybe it's 38 years of sickness. You can get up again. That there is restoration available. That that you can rise again. So 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 how do we how do we get up? How does this happen? How does God do this in our life. Number one, we have to answer the most important question. 
You got to answer the most important question. Jamie, I want to get up again. I want to rise again. I, I believe there's more for my future than in my past. How, how do I do it? You got to answer the most important question. Every person has to answer this question. Do you want to get well? <laughs> this man has been an invalid for 38 years. He has not been able to walk for 38 years. He is... He has been a beggar for 38 years. He has been the mercy, at the mercy of everyone around him for 38 years. And now Jesus asks him this question that, that really does feel kind of insensitive, huh? He walks up to him and just says, do you want to get better? And, and I, I think the obvious answer is the, what, what we would just see from the text. Of course. Of course. And yet the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I understand the question. The reason I understand it more now than I did in earlier years is because I feel like he's asked me this question a lot now. <laughs> I feel like there's been multiple times in my life that Jesus has went, so do you want to get better or are we just, or are we done? Like, are you done? <laughs> are, you, are you ready to grow? Are you ready to step out of that? Are you ready to rise up? Jesus says, do you want to be healed? And his immediate response is not, yes. <laughs> it's not, thank you, Lord, I've been praying for this day. It's, I can't. I can't. And maybe that's your honest response today. Jesus wasn't offended by it. He did not rebuke it. He did not even correct it. So maybe you're here today going, I can't. Our, our marriage can't. Our, my life can't. I, I can't. He has embraced a I can't mentality. And I believe there's many believers, especially out of all we've been through and are going through, there's just this, there's this no over our life. And we've just embraced a no. We've, we've just embraced this I can't mentality. But, but I want to tell you there's more for you. There's many in the room who believe I can't be free. I can't forgive. I, I can't move on. I can't be healed. I can't trust God. I can't be loved by God. I've made too many mistakes. I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and I've lived long enough to know now that I can be in a dysfunction for so long that I actually grow comfortable to it. And for Jesus to change one area of my life means a lot of other areas are going to be changed. See, this is why I think a lot of us don't, don't ever get free. Because for him to address one thing will affect everything. And we, we're okay with him touching one part of our life. We're not okay with him messing up our whole life. Uh, <laughs> can I just tell you? Yeah, good morning. Sorry you came. You, you don't just give Jesus one part of your life. You know when you have guests over, right? You clean the parts of the house. But the rest of the house is full of junk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's okay in that area. But when it comes to Christ, you don't just get to go, I want you to fix this. Because he wants full access to every part of your life. And so for him to heal one thing means he's going to have, it's going to set off a chain reaction. And we have to be open to that and we have to say yes to that see so Isaiah 43 God says I'm, I'm doing a new thing in your life and we're like amen that's amazing it's amazing till it's not it's amazing till it's uncomfortable it's amazing 
it's amazing to, because new means change and new means uh, unfamiliar and, and new means I haven't been like this before and new means I'm, I've been used to something for 38 years. Do you want to be healed? Do, do you want your marriage to work out? <laughs> Go to counseling. Remember, every, every sign is a miracle with a lesson. Want your marriage to get better? Go to counseling. Apologize. Wow. Novel. Isn't this great? Isn't this great? <laughs> Apologize. Not, I'm sorry you were offended. <laughs> Let's camp there for a while. Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your feelings are real. I'm sorry. Push out voices of division. You want your marriage to work out? You're going to have to push out voices of division. You have to push out every voice that is trying to separate you from your spouse. And it could be a buddy. It could be a girlfriend. It could be your mother. (laughs) Mom, I love you, but we're not going to talk about my marriage. Okay. All right. Do you want to get out of debt? Do you want to get out of debt? Stop spending. What do you you mean stop spending? I mean, (laughs) unless you absolutely need it. You don't spend money. That's how you get out of debt. I'm like slowly getting out of debt. You, you'll never, it'll never happen. Because that interest rate is growing too fast and compounding too quickly for you to still have the gym membership and still have high-speed internet and still have the car you want and still have, yeah. You want to get out of debt? Sell the BMW. I get a Hyundai and be free. Okay, okay. Do you want to get free from that addiction? In- involve a support group. Go to, go to something like Celebrate Recovery, an amazing Christian-based organization. There are a lot of different churches in our town. You got to go. And you, and you actually got to admit you are addicted. You got to get there. It, it'll hurt, but you got to get there. You're probably going to have to check your friend group. You're probably rolling with the wrong people. You find that you keep making the same mistakes with the same people, you probably need to change the people. You got to find new hobbies. Yeah, the Friday night drinking thing isn't working. You got to find a new hobby. You got to replace. You you can't just repent. You got to replace. A lot of people repent on Sunday, but they don't replace on Tuesday. And without a replacement... The repentance will only last as long as the emotion is there. You want to get healthier? Change. Now let's move on to the next one. Do you want to grow spiritually? <laughs> got to change your diet. You got to change your daily routine. You got to, got to stop eating late. You got to stop. Okay. Do you want to grow spiritually? You got to get on a Bible reading plan. You got to choose a time and pray at that time every day. Again, you probably got to change your friend group. Listen, there are a lot of people that call me their pastor and call City Light their home church that never come. Right? Let me tell you why. Because the week, they're turning up on the weekend. But they, but they follow my Instagram clips, so they're like, that's my pastor. And I, and I love that, and I'm so honored. But you probably got, you're probably rolling with the wrong people. You got to check your circle. 
<laughs> you got to make church a priority. Here, what, here, here's my question. If you want to get healed, what are you willing to do to see that freedom happen in your life? And again, to, to every question I just asked, the initial answer is, of course, yes. But if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we understand this is going to be challenging. But just think about the amazing questions God asked people in the Bible. He asked Adam, where are you? He asked Jacob, who are you? He asked the prophets, what do you see? He asked this man, do you want to be healed? See, freedom brings, or excuse me, honesty brings freedom. Transparency brings free. Until you can get honest with that. Because some of you, if you're really honest, you'd go, I don't want to. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to move on. I don't want to let go of the anger. I don't want to let go of this thing. And, and I get it. But until you can get there, you can't be free. And that is the first, it's actually that step of, I want to be healed. And, and if you're sitting here today going, I, I don't think I want that yet, okay, then your prayer for, for the next week, this is your prayer, this is your homework. You can, you can forget about me the rest of the sermon. You can watch, you can go on Instagram, just keep it quiet, okay? But here's your, here's your homework. You need to pray every day. Holy Spirit, help me to want to be healed. That's your prayer, okay? And now you're done. Now let me talk to the rest of the people who want to be, who want to be healed. You got to quit the blame game. You got to quit the blame game. Do, do you want to be healed? I don't have anybody. Do you want to be healed? Everyone beats me before I can, before I can get in the water. Do, do you want to be healed? I can't. There's, I don't have anybody. Um, I'm not saying that what this man said was untrue. Let me say that one more time. I'm not saying that what this man said was untrue. But if you decide, now this is going to be very challenging, so I want, to, I want to calm down here. If you decide to be at the mercy of other people's decisions, you will never take control of your life. From a parent to an abusive teacher to whoever's in the White House. <laughs> to, an, to a family member to a friend, to an ex-wife, to an ex-husband. If, if, if you decide, and it is a decision, to be at the mercy of other people's decisions, you'll never take control of your life. Here's why I said you got to quit the blame game. The blame game, because it's a game you can never win. You can't win that game. You can't live a life of blame and then win in life. You can't live a life of blame and have victory. Uh, for decades, there, there's this pastor in Houston. Many of you have heard of him. His name is Pastor Joel Osteen. And, and Pastor Joel, for, for decades now, has said, has said, you are a victor, not a victim. And for decades, he was hated on for that. Oh, he's so positive. Oh, he's so, he's so positive. He don't even preach the truth. He's just so positive. That, that's what it was for decades. Now, it's actually the opposite. Now that he's saying, you're a, you're a victor and not a victim. Now, in our new culture that we're in, now, now we call him mean and insensitive. 
Because as a nation, we have so embraced a victim mentality. I'm not trying to preach. So let me calm down. Let me teach and calm down here. We have so embraced a victim mentality that even to say you're a victor or not a victim, now we go, no, absolutely not. I am a victim. We've so embraced this reality. Like the message of faith. I, I, mean, I mean literally the message of faith in Scripture that you can believe God. We don't even, like, that is now so countercultural. Not, not truth, not sin, not, not even that, just faith. Just that faith can change your life. We're so, we have become so victimized in our mentality. So, okay. I can embrace that I have been victimized and at the same time refuse to have a victim mentality. Does that make sense? So the abuse may have happened. The victimization may have happened. The pain may have happened. I, I am, we're not in denial. But I, but I can't allow what they did to mark my life forever. It's going to be a part of my story. It's going to be a part of my journey. It's going to be a part of my testimony. But it just, it can't be the theme of my life. And now this is like, it's like uncomfortable to even talk about this, right? Because we've so embraced this now. That whatever has happened in my life, anything I don't like in my life, I can find someone and I can point my finger at them and say it's their fault. And we, we have to be very careful to not embrace that. It, maybe for a few weeks, maybe even for a few months, maybe even for a few years. But for our whole life, for 38 years, for 38 years. We have to, you're going to have to get honest with God about this. Okay, so Joyce Meyer tells a story um, about her, her, her childhood. Uh, from, from the time she turned 18, her, her father, her uh, biological father, not her stepfather, her biological father sexually abused her over 200 times. And... She hated him, as she, as she should. I mean, in the natural, right? And at 18, she left the house, and, and she was out of there. And as she began to grow in God, and as she began to seek God, and as she began to fall in love with God, teach the word of God, she realized that God was calling her to forgive. And she knew she needed to forgive him, and she also knew that she didn't feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's> true. <laughs> How many know that most of the good things in our life that God's calling us to do, we're not going to feel it first. We're going to, yeah. So here's, here's what she said. At first, I could not change how I felt. But I could choose what I did, and I could choose how I would act. So, you know, when this man was 92 years old, she led him to Christ. At 92 years old, he got saved. At 92 years old, they were able to be restored. And he finally confessed and repented to her at 92. And she was in her 70s. I'm not making light of anything anyone has been through. And you shouldn't make light of it. And that's not the point. But the point is, if, if you decide to let that moment be the theme of the rest of your life it will be 
and you'll, you'll live in a perpetual cycle of blame and you'll never enter into what God has for you. So I'm not saying toughen up. I'm not saying get over it. I'm saying by the grace of God, you can move forward. Uh, I'm saying by the grace of God, there are better days in front of you. That what happened to you is not the end of you. That there is more life for you to live. That what God has for you is bigger than what they did to you. Uh, Samuel in the Old Testament, this is uh, 1 Samuel 16. He's grieving King Saul. King Saul has rejected God. He's rejected God's plan for his life. Samuel had anointed him. Samuel loved Saul. And now Samuel is so broken about what Saul's, Saul has done. And here is God's question. How long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him. Okay. In the, in the Hebrew, when you read this in the Hebrew language, you're going to find something really interesting. God, God says it like this. How long do you plan or intend on staying in this place of mourning? And I don't think God's in a hurry. I think God is asking us. So how long do you want to how long do you want to live here? It's 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 your choice. It's not Saul's. It's yours. It, it's not what they did to you. It's yours. It's, it's not what your parents said. It's yours. God is, is saying, Samuel, you don't need to let Saul dictate the rest of your life. I know he's king, but I'm your God. Do, do you, are you hearing me here? Are you hearing me here? How, how long do you plan? On, now, now you, can, you can stay here as long as you want. But I actually have something for you to do. Now, if you, go, if you keep reading the verse, you're going to find out that God says, I've already, I've already found a new king. I'm going to have you go to Jesse's house and anoint David. I already, I already have a plan. In other words, until you decide to move forward, you're not going to be able to step into what God has for you. But the moment you decide to move forward, there's already a plan in place. God is already, God is already 10 steps ahead of the devil. Oh, come on, clap your hands. Say amen. See, and I'm, and I'm going to move on in a second, but many times we do not move on because past pain has robbed us of expectation. How can I, how can I stop mourning Saul? How can I stop mourning this moment? How can I leave this place of grief? I can't leave it till, till I believe God already has another thing for me to do. So, so God doesn't say, you need to stop mourning Saul. Get over it. Toughen up. That's not what God says. God says, once you're ready to move on, I already got something amazing. I've already found a man after my own heart. I've already found the next king of Israel. I've already found the lineage in which the Messiah is going to come. I already have a plan for your future and for future generations. Now, I'm not rushing you out of mourning, but when you are ready, when you're ready to stop going, I don't have anybody. Everyone else gets it, but not me. I can't. When you're ready to move on from that language, 
There is already a plan. I'm not saying this is easy. Oh my gosh, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm saying this is possible by the grace of God. And it's a process you can begin. Okay. Number three, you got to make your move. You got to make your move. You got to make your move. If, if point two sounded insensitive, I hope point three will, will, will let you hear my heart even a little bit more. Jesus says, I want you to stand up. I want you to pick up your mat and I want you to walk. And then John says this, and he was healed. Are you, are you ready for something really cool? I said, are y'all ready for something really cool? Okay. In, the, in the Greek language, that word healed, it's a Greek word called therapeo. Can anyone guess where? What word do we get from that? Therapy. You're getting an A plus right there, whoever said that. Therapy. Well, what's therapy? Therapy is a treatment intended for healing. It could be emotional therapy. It could be mental therapy. It could be physical therapy. We, we don't just go to therapy just to, just to go and spend money, we go with an intention to heal, right? Whether it's physical therapy or any other kind of therapy, we go with the intention to heal. Jesus says, I, w- I wanna bring you into therapy. And what does therapy do? Therapy finds the root cause and then begins to bring healing and treatment to the root cause. <sighs> When you obey God, he will take you to the root. Why, why do I keep yes. drinking? Yeah. Why am I so angry? Why do I keep giving into this? Why can I not sleep at night? When, when you begin to walk with Jesus, he will not just address the fruit. That, that's what religion does, by the way. Religion will only address the fruit. You got to look the part, and you got to say the part, and you got to act the part. When you walk with Jesus, he'll get to the root. He'll, he'll, he'll bring you into Holy Ghost therapy. Can I, get a, can I get a witness? I'm telling you, he'll start talking to you. He'll start, he'll start getting to root things. He'll start uncovering things. He'll start helping you. He'll start addressing things. He'll start, he'll start correcting. He'll start directing. He'll start leading. He'll start guiding. And so, so I'm not here to go, you need to get better right now. No, I am asking you, though, to begin to walk with Jesus because that walk with Jesus will take you into therapeo. It will take you into therapy. It will, it will begin to treat you from the inside out and will begin to uncover and address the root causes of our life and the root issues of our life so that we can begin to walk again. We can begin to live again. We can begin to recover again. This is the plan of God for our life. So really quickly, I got to, I got to, let me have Zach come up. He says, he says, stand. And then he says, pick up your mat. And then he says, walk. So really quickly, the, the stand is the miracle. It's that miracle moment. I believe many are having it right now. It's that, it's that moment of, I'm going I'm, I'm to do this. I'm going to leave mourning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the blame game. I want, I want to be healed. I'm leaving the I can't behind. I want to be healed. 
It's that, it's that miracle moment. I've had miracle moments in my life. I've had spiritual miracle moments. I've had physical. I've had moments where I go, I am not the same anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you got to do something with that. Now you got to pick up your mat. That's your testimony. You're going to start walking around with that thing. Why, why do you have that? Well, I needed it. But I don't need it anymore because I met Jesus. Let me, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. It's your testimony. It's your, it's your God story. It's your miracle story. Yeah, the, this thing that I'm carrying, it used to carry me. This thing that I'm holding, it used to hold me. This thing that I now have authority over, it had authority over me. And, and so I'm, I, I'm telling my story because of what God's done. And now you tell your story. Jesus didn't say, leave your mat. He said, keep it. Remember. Tell it to the next generation. Look at your kids and say, that, that was dad. That's who I was. Until I met Jesus. And then he says, and now you got to walk. I think walking is maybe the most difficult part because... Now I got to start walking by faith. It's obedience. It's day by day. It's little by little. It's process. It's, 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 it's back in church. It's getting in a group. It's going through foundations. It's, it's, it's finding new friends. But while I'm finding new friends, detaching from old friends, and that's a difficult season. And it's, and it's learning to be humble. And it's learning to be generous. And it's, but it's the walk of faith. It's the walk of faith. This is, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. And when I'm, when I'm committed to standing and I'm committed to picking up my mat and I'm committed to walking, I'm in therapy. And it's free. <laughs> and it's amazing. And I'm not saying you don't need other therapy. I'm not, we're not against that here. We're not, we're not so spiritual that if you got to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. But while you're talking to somebody, make sure you're talking to Jesus. And as you're processing with somebody, make sure you're processing with Jesus. And while you're, yeah, yeah. And so I'm in this, man, it, man, it seems like you're getting better. I've been in therapy. Man, you got a, you got a joy about you. I've been in therapy. Man, you seem free. I've been in therapy. Who's your therapist? I need a new therapist. Um, I'm not trying to be all super spiritual or anything, but it's the Lord. It's Jesus. I, he told me I could get up again, and I got up, and I got free, and it didn't happen overnight. Oh, but this is the plan of God, not just to save me, but to heal me. Can I get an amen in the house today? Amen, amen, amen. Be seated. I Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're not, we're not in a sprint. We're in a marathon. And it's, not, and it's not even a run. It's just a, we're just in a walk with the Lord. The, our, what, Jesus, what Jesus restores to us is that walking in the garden. In the cool of the day with my father. 
I, I got I to gotta say this. I, it's not wasn't my intention, but, and I might have said some of, I don't think I said this last week, but now, I don't know. You preach five times a week and you don't know what you said. I'm just glad I haven't cussed yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, not that I normally cuss, but after five, you just, you know. There's at least one service today where Shannon will go, hey, and I go, you know what, five times? Just, let's just thank God that just, amen. Okay, so uh, we were at dinner, we were at dinner uh, the other night, and it was me, Shannon, and her sister, and, and the kids, and we were talking, and, and her sister knows me well and knows just my life well, knows me probably better than anybody else. And she goes, how are you, how are you like the way you are? <laughs> like, how are you kind and good with people? And how are you so confident? And because she knows, because she knows where I come from. And all I could think, I, I, in the moment, I'm, I, don't know, I just kept eating. You know, I said, like, I don't know. <laughs> But you know, as I'm preaching this today, you know what? I, I just think I've been in therapy for decades. I've just, I've just, I've taken this book so seriously. I've taken my walk with Jesus so seriously for so, I'm not better than anybody. I'm not, I've just, I've decided that I would not let this book of the law depart from my mouth. And I can just say I'm a testimony of the therapeo of Jesus. I'm not perfect. I, I got a long way to go. But that can be your testimony too. I, I knew you. What happened to you? Therapy. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you. We thank you that we're in process, we're healing. And, and here is our confession of faith to you. This is our declaration to you today. I wanna be healed. If that's your prayer, if that's your prayer, just say that, I wanna be healed. Everyone out loud, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, you are my savior. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. So I give you my life. I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen.